0: Hi, I'm Dan Hebert, Financial Planning Program Director and advisor to the Financial Planning Club here at MSU. And welcome to the Mab Money Talk podcast, podcast by students for students, helping you make the best choices you can with your money while you're still in school and also when you're getting started in your career. Topics will range from how to save money, how to invest, how to understand your benefits once you've entered your careers, and it's all in a fun environment. As you listen to each episode, jot down at least one thing you can apply today to make a difference in your money. Now, on with the show. Welcome to episode three of Mad Money Talk. Hope everybody's doing super fantastic. I've got the three team members here, Austin, Charlie, Aiden, and just as we talked about in our last podcast This episode is gonna be more along the lines of, for lack of a better term, kind of the nuts and bolts of student loans. And maybe you know some of these, but even if you do, it's kind of consider this to be maybe just a good refresher. And then we'll see how far we get today and we'll have perhaps a third episode just kind of finishing up on things or kind of our plan is to jump into scholarships which is a super exciting topic. So
1: how are you guys doing today, Austin? Doing good, Dan. Good. I'm doing well. Doing well. Charlie? <laughs> yep. And
0: Aiden? Yep. All right. You guys ready to roll? Austin? Awesome. That sounds like you're going to lead it off, so I'll turn it over.
1: Yeah, so last week it kind of got caught on a little bit of a tangent, just kind of talking about ideologies of student loans and some things that We can use like rules of thumbs and scholarships and all that. Today, we're going to kind of get into more of what is a student loan? How does it work? And we're going to give you kind of a case example to so you listeners can kind of get a hold on why student loans can be dangerous if you don't take them into consideration. So just to explain like how a student loan works, just super simple, I'm going to pass over the torch over to Aiden and he's going to kind of just explain you the rundown of the steps within uh student loans and what we call FAFSA. FAFSA.
2: Yeah. So people get federal student loans by filling out the FAFSA, which is the free application for federal student aid. Um, students, whatever age they may be, and their parents sort of share this financial or share their financial personal financial information on this form. and um, that's sent to the students' school of choice. In our case, it would be MNSU. Uh, the financial aid office at each campus or university kind of figures out the numbers and figures out how much uh, aid, if any, um, the student qualifies for and then sends them what we call an award letter. Um, uh, And so within this form, it kind of consists of the student loans, scholarships and grants that the student will be offered and it just details everything about their financial aid. Um, You must then sign what is known as a promissory note, um, which is a legal document where the student agrees to repay the loan uh, plus interest, and we'll talk a little bit more about interest payments, uh, whether it's an unsubsidized versus a subsidized loan. I think a little later, mm-hmm. um, but it's sort of yeah the terms and conditions of the student loan.
1: Yeah, to reflect on that, uh, I just remember my first year of college. You know, you know how high school does; they don't really prepare you for this side of of things when it comes to education. What is FAFSA? What is a student loan grant or award. So I kind of went into it a little bit blind. I remember getting an email from my financial aid office, you know, and they said, your financial aid's ready. And just hearing the word financial aid, I kind of just thought, oh, like, this is what's going to be covered for my school, you know, thinking it would be scholarships or whatnot. Um, so yeah, it does get a little twisted with FASA, because it can consist of student loans, scholarships, and grants. So you got to be, you got to be very careful on how you look at it because it is important to fill out financial aid because you can get those grants within it, but they also offer a lot of loans.
3: I was just going to have a quick question for you guys. Um, what do you think the benefit of having education, like we're giving right now, what do you think the benefit of that would be if students got it in high school versus now? How do you think that would affect student loan rates? Do you think people would maybe need to take out less because they know more? What I think, do you guys think about that? Yeah,
1: I,
2: I think that financial literacy as a whole is lacking in uh high schools, particularly. I did a speech on this last year and it amazed me how you know 80%, I can't remember the exact statistics, don't no quote me, but around 80% of schools, uh school districts don't require um or even offer. A financial literacy course in order to graduate. So you can slowly see a lot of these districts, there's actually been a big push um, in a couple of states across the United States where they're requiring a financial literacy course to graduate high school. Um, I think that that is beneficial because a lot of the times when you're, you know, you're in high school, there's a big age gap, right? You're, you're 15, 14 when you go in, you might be 17, 18 when you're leaving. Um, and now you're going into the real world, you have to make real financial decisions that will affect your entire future, such as these student loans um so I think that yeah I, it would obviously i or I think it would help it would help not just with student loans and understanding it but really giving uh people of that age a sense of value when it comes to money and hopefully setting them up for success in the future I think that would
1: yeah do you do you know uh, like when they'd offer those courses junior senior year like when would so my high school I,
2: and offered it as a senior, um, I think that's probably the most beneficial time we can do it. Most people have jobs throughout high school, but people are at least when they're a senior or a junior. Um, but as a senior, you're you're able to just, you're taking that step from kind of, I don't want to say childhood, adolescence, into kind of adulthood. You know, you're, you're living on your own at, at a university. You're making your own decisions. You're doing stuff on your
3: own time. Yeah, you're kind and, of in a bubble when you're in high school at your hometown. Yeah, you never really left, and now you're on the... You're in the free world. Yeah,
2: you're at home. You're living with a parent or a guardian. You know, you've you've got some sense of security. But once you're out in the real world and you got to make these decisions, um, it's very beneficial to have uh, real world information and and financial literacy skills passed on. So to answer your question, also, I think absolutely it should be a graduation requirement for all seniors
1: yeah yeah even that i, th- I wish they even offer it like for freshmen because i remember going into my senior year kind of exiting my senior year looking at my bank account look googling up what my university costed and all that and kind of just realizing what the heck i have no money you know and college cost this x amount how the heck am i going to do it and not really understanding that my quote-unquote financial aid isn't all grants. Some of it's loans. And I didn't, that necessarily wasn't an option I wanted to take. So if I, if I could reflect back and if someone could have really just invested into me my freshman year, because what were we 15, 16, when we got mm-hmm. our first jobs, I would have been a little bit, maybe more frugal and more intentional with my, with my finances. So I could have had a better head start going into university.
3: Yeah. I think another good idea would be I don't know if this is a thing right now, but maybe if schools put on a maybe course or like a like a night class for parents and students both to sit down so they can give the same education to both because it's a joint effort. So I think that'd be a really great idea, too, because it can involve everybody.
1: Yeah, like, I totally agree. If my parents kind of had a better understanding too, because they didn't really understand either. So I had to kind of do it all my own and figure it out on my by myself. So if we could get that partnership and kind of just get that uh, yeah, being on the effort, same page, yeah, effort. it would have been a lot more helpful. Dan, do you have any thoughts? Oh, you guys
0: are bringing up some great thoughts. Um, I think totally having kind of that partnership aspect. And you guys tell me, but. I don't think as students that really happens and it really should. I think Aiden brought up a really good point about you, education and things sink in deeper when it's actually applied. So if you were to get this education in high school as like a freshman or sophomore, but then you got to wait a couple of years for it to actually be applied, mm-hmm. it's good to be kind of a just-in-time learner. That's what they're finding. And that's what they're finding out with with financial literacy. There's some studies and research that has shown that it's not been affected. And that was the big knock was, yeah, I learn about a Roth IRA, but I can't really use it until seniors, uh, you know, or, or until I graduate, that kind of thing. But so, what are the what are some other things too, uh, Austin, with with loans that people should know?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to kind of touch on a promissory note. I just found this kind of um, interesting to think that you are signing onto a loan that could be X amount of dollars. I don't know what the average university cost is, but say $15,000 a semester. An 18-year-old signing that note is signing a legal document to repay a loan plus the interest, maybe not even knowing what the interest adds to at the age of 18 before they can even rent a car before they can drink alcohol. I think it's just, I just think it's really interesting that we are able to acknowledge that children, uh, students aren't mature enough to say, make decisions as in purchasing, drinking alcohol, but they're able to sign on to a a note where they are agreeing to get head over heels into uh, a loan amount of debt that they don't necessarily understand.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. I I know, I know the stats are whatever between boys and girls, but our brains fully mature at an age, what, in our late 20s. And we are then expected at the age of 18 to make a decision on our career as well as sign loans and do all of this, you know, like Aiden said, this is the big world now. And we're expected to do all this. So yeah, well oh, I totally agree. Yeah, what um what's the
0: difference, Austin, between a subsidized and an unsubsidized loan?
1: Yeah, so there's a couple different kinds of loans, and it's pretty important to understand the differences between them. So when you accept your FAFSA, you agree to your uh, your loans, you accept your grants, you accept your scholarships, and you accept your difference in the loans if you need that. Uh, there's a direct subsidized loan and there's an uh, unsubsidized loan. So the direct subsidized loan is uh made available for undergraduates, undergraduate students. That's what you usually are going into college for your first year. Um, these are for students who show that they need it on their FASA. They look at that form and they see if your, your parents' income, your income, however you file, see if you need the financial help to cover college, which most of us do because we don't have uh you know, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars just laying around. And then, what happens from there? What makes it different than unsubsidized loans is the government pays the interest until it comes time to pay back the loan. So this is a—they call this a six-month grace period. So that's the only difference is while you are in college, the interest does not start. But it's important to understand that the government is paying that interest. It doesn't just disappear. It doesn't pause. It's money that's really needed to get paid back. So. You get six months after college until that interest starts. A lot of people get it mixed up. They think that there's no interest. They just hear that no interest part while they're in college and they decide not to think about it. But it is important to understand six months after you graduate, that interest will start. Um, I'll pass the torch over to uh, Charlie for the unsubsidized.
3: Yeah, so our next type of loan is a direct unsubsidized loan. Uh, this is also for undergraduate students and also graduate students. Uh, The difference here is that you don't need any financial uh, need and the interest starts to build up right after you take them out. So just the key takeaways, also for graduate students, you don't need financial need for this type of loan and the interest starts to build right after you take them out, there's no grace period. And then, I will say
2: too, you, you can pay that interest off while you're going through school. Yeah. That's yep. a good tip to sort of reduce the total loan balance as you go through college. Yeah, there is an ideology
1: of kind of college students. The source is my peers. I listen to them all the time. You know, um, the ideology, the mindset is kind of, I'm going to take out these loans. My education is important, which it absolutely is. But then they're not going to worry about it. They're going to put it on the back burner until it's a t- it's something to figure out. It's a problem to figure out when they graduate, when they get their job, when they get their dream job, you know? um, Yeah, so like Aiden said, you can, if you have the money sitting around, you can pay these off. You can pay on the principal and you can, if you pay on the principal, it's going to end up being less interest in direct correlation. And I think too, excellent information,
0: all you guys. I think too, just to kind of underscore, on a subsidized loan, you'll need to demonstrate financial need. And so I would say you guys, Charlie probably has this number, but I think the vast majority—well, I shouldn't say the vast majority—but I think there's probably more common to have an unsubsidized loan. Wouldn't you agree? Than a subsidized, or how do you guys feel about that?
1: It uh, really depends on the situation. You get a—you sure. uh, get options when you fill out that fa- that FAFSA form. What you want, what you want to take out, and what you don't. And it's usually, I think, it's usually pretty even. And I think most of the time, it's a surplus amount of money that okay. you don't necessarily need for just uh, college. So you can take out that subsidized that doesn't have interest until after graduating, but then you can take out additional where you don't need the financial uh, need. You're able to take out additional unsubsidized loans. And you see this a lot with uh, kids that don't necessarily have a job while they're going through their education or stuff like that to pay for stuff that isn't directly for school, which was a point we brought up in the last podcast.
3: So I got a quick question. Are you able to take out both direct on subsidized loans and the subsidized loans at the same time? Yeah, you're able to take them out. Just the only
1: difference is you got to realize one occurs interest right away. So the financially smart decision to make is taking out the one that doesn't occur interest while you aren't paying on it. Cool. We got a little uh we got a little case right here to kind of bring it into perspective of why, why this matters. Cause we're talking about how bad it is or how good it is, depending on however you look at it. Um, we understand that it's a debt. We understand that you are making a promise to pay something back by the time you graduate. So you're gonna start a little bit behind the game, but let's uh let's just throw some numbers out and make this a little bit more of an easier. Uh, visual aid so the average the average loan i took this from a study that was done a while ago so it might have increased or decreased so the average student loan is thirty-five thousand dollars. if you take the 10-year fixed interest rate so usually most people take 10 years to pay this off at five percent and usually interest rates vary between three to five it might have changed with how crazy uh, the market is changing within uh Within our decade, within our time, right now, but if you make the monthly payments of three hundred and seventy dollars, which would be which would be required for this thirty-five thousand dollar loan within ten years, so if you pay this off within the ten years, this thirty-five thousand dollars would have been turned into forty-four thousand dollars and five hundred and fifty. So that's a lot. That's a uh, $9,550 $9, just in interest paid in surplus.
3: That, you know, $9,550, I don't even think you could say that doesn't sound like a lot because that is, that's a lot of money right there. That Yeah. Yeah. So
1: looking at that, you agreed to pay $35,000. You paid off in 10 years, making them monthly payments, and you end up paying a surplus of $9,550 just in interest. That's, uh, that's not an amount of money that I just want to throw away.
3: No, that is, I mean, being at our age, that is our first car that we could buy Mm -hmm. and that can take care of a lot of different things and, you know, just taking advantage of all the other, all the other kind of financial tips that we, we've told you guys, you could definitely be saving lots of money as seen right here, almost $10,000. What are your thoughts, Dan? I agree 100%. And I,
0: I really like the way you guys have really integrated compounding into the equation. And I think for a lot of our listeners, that might be a kind of a foreign concept. Um, but if, there's, if you think that Albert Einstein was one of the smartest guys in the world, he said that the eighth wonder of the world was compound interest. Mm-hmm. So um, I just encourage you, if you want to get up to speed on something as powerful as compound interest and how it works here, um, you know, please do your research, come by one of our financial planning club meetings or visit with you guys um, to help get a better grasp on what that means. Um, yeah, I think it's really, a po- case studies are very powerful. And I think just kind of bringing home um, how the effects of um, student loans can have um, from a money standpoint.
1: Yeah, I mean thirty five thousand dollars. That's not a uh, that's not too out of pocket for what most universities do cost and what average students decide to take out. So it's 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 something you want to look at, and be mindful of while you are uh, making these decisions. Compound interest can be your arch nemesis, or it can be your best friend if you're on the opposite side. Excellent of- point. Of it can work definitely in
0: the reverse for sure.
1: Yeah, and that's why it's so important to kind of be on top of this these kind of things because if you get out of the hole. You can have compound interest start being your friend a little bit more, and have it work the opposite way than against you. And that's why we're just kind of so passionate about this. It's because we want we want to help you guys out. We want you to be successful. So yeah,
0: yeah, I totally agree. Being successful is really our goal. Um, And one of the things, just kind of finishing up for this episode, um, I'll just kind of tack on: if you want to find out more information about student loans. There's a lot of stuff out there, but one of the places that I go um, is called savingforcollege.com. So it's all one word, savingforcollege.com. They've got a lot of good um, tutorial information. um, What's FAFSA? What's financial aid? What's a student loan? I think we've given you a pretty good jumpstart today on that topic. And the last episode was also helpful as well. What are just some parting thoughts for you guys before we close up shop for today?
3: Um, thanks, Dan. I mean, I think this is really educational. I, this was definitely fun. Um, next episode, we'll be going into some information about scholarships. So, this is a kind of three part series about financial aid as a whole. So, the first episode, we talked about kind of what is a loan. Now, this episode, we talked about more of the nitty gritty behind types of loans, uh, what you need to qualify, all that kind of stuff. And next episode, we're going to get into scholarships, how you can get them, uh, who qualifies, all that kind of good information. So can't wait to do that. It's been really fun today.
1: Yeah, I'd say my main point is just to be intentional know what you're getting into. And, uh, you know, then you can sign on to those notes with absolute confidence. You know exactly what you're getting into. So my key takeaways is if you're in college, out of college, kind of just sit down, look at what, look at what's ahead of you and think about ways or think about if this is decisions you want to make, just be intentional about every single decision and know, know the importance behind this compound interest and understand the importance of just being intentional and in making those decisions. So yeah, that's all I got to say, Dan. How about you, Aiden? Aiden did leave. Well, then he can't really contribute, can he? Uh, we forgot you to know, mention that. That Sorry. guy's always busy. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: you guys did a great job tonight. Um, and I think some good parting thoughts and I think it kind of sets the table next week for just kind of that third point on scholarship. So, Again, just from the last episode, think about your plan, think about um, how you're gonna actually be financing what the combinations of different resources, understand how student loans work. And you know, as you guys have mentioned a ton of times, um, making sure that you understand that you have to pay it back. It's not to scare people, it's just to make sure that you understand your obligation. And then next week, I think it's gonna be maybe our funnest episode, really I think, And that's just that search for scholarships. Um, If you can really, um, you know, develop nice work habits and processes around scholarships, man, there's just a a lot of free money out there. And uh, we want to see you get every penny. So thanks, team. Appreciate it. If you like this podcast, make sure you put a rating on there. Um, And we will talk to you next time. Well, that's our episode for today. Thank you very much for listening. Hopefully you found one thing you can apply today to make progress with your money. In future episodes, we'll introduce something called Your Blueprint, which will be a way for you to capture some of the things you've learned over the episodes into a document you can refer to as you plan your way. And if you have any ideas for our team to cover, please drop us a line. We'd love to cover it for you. And if you liked our episode, again, thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast, or tell a friend about it, rate and review the podcast, and please stay tuned for more MAV Money Talks. Have a great day.